Well, welcome. Welcome to you guys. Uh, I didn't mean to steal all your thunder, by the way. I'm sorry. I just, I think it's brilliant, the elbow bump thing. That's really good. So we, we're so glad, so, so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming to Doral Vineyard. Yay! We're so happy you're here. Yeah, listen, um, we, we, we love that you guys have been coming week after week. Those of you that we haven't seen in a little bit, we've missed you. We're glad you're back. For those of you that are visiting us for the second time, welcome back. Or the, if you're here for the first time, awesome. If you're here for the second time, we would love to send you a gift by mail. And so, you know, Abdullah mentioned this connect card. If you put in your address there and give it personally to Tony, who's right over there, we'll make sure to send you a little gift in the mail. Um, and if you didn't get that gift in the mail when you came for the second time, Fill this out, give it to Tony, and um, he'll make sure you get that. But we love you. We're glad you guys are here. We've got plenty of that stuff to give out. So, so if you have your Bibles, let's jump in. Psalm 39. Um, we're kicking off a brand new series today. We just got done off the heels of one series called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Now we're kicking off a brand new series. And the series, the title of it is called Live Like You're Dying. And what we're going to do is we're going to examine our lives in this series. And I believe you guys... I believe that this series has the potential to impact your life in a very, very significant way. And so I'm really excited. I've been praying a lot this series as I've been getting ready for these, this month of March as we go through this series. God has just been really messing with me. And I want to give you a little background about where I came up with this series. But before I do, I want to tell you a little funny story that it's a little joke. You, I'm sure many of you have probably already heard it. But the story goes that... Um, there was this doctor who sat with the, a husband and a wife, and um, what happened was the husband and the wife, the husband was really sick, and the, the doctor sat with the husband and the wife, and he was about to tell them the news. He tells them the news, look, we, your, your, your results came back, and you're really, really sick, and he said, um, if you don't mind, husband, would you step outside for a moment? I'd like to talk to your, to your wife for a moment, and so husband walks out, sits, the doctor sits with the wife, and he's telling her, listen, um, I got to tell you, it's, it's serious. It's really serious what's going on with your husband. Um, but there is hope. There's, there's, there is a cure. And I'm going to tell you what, what needs to happen. What, what you got to do is you got you to cook for him. He's not going to get better. And so the wife looks at the doctor. And she says, okay, I understand. She says, um, can I speak to my husband alone? And so the doctor says, sure. He walks out of the room, calls the husband back in. It's just the wife and and the husband, and she says, honey, sit down. I got some really bad news. You're going to die. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of funny, right? It's kind of funny, but not so much. <laughs> um, I, I saw some of the smiles on your faces um, because you've probably heard that joke. So it's not that funny for some of us who are like, what? What's going on? Um, but, but the truth is, the truth is that um, uh, unless Jesus returns in our lifetime, we are all going to die. We're just all going to die. And um, uh, I want to tell you that um, the series was how I, how I came across this series. Um, and the, one of the ways, one of the reasons was because there was this um, famous athlete that I highly respect that I've been following for the better part of 20 years that passed away about a month ago. Actually, a month and 11 days ago. Uh, his name is Kobe Bryant. Um, big fan of his, had followed his life, followed his, um, you know, accomplishments. And he was been an inspiration to me as I've watched some of his accomplishments, love his, 
uh, I could talk about him forever, so I won't go into that, but, but um, he passed away, and, and, and it really rocked me. Like, I, it was actually on a Sunday, January 20th, I remember, January 26th, I remember where I was. I mean, this is big for me. January 26th, it was actually after church on a Sunday, and I got the news, my wife actually told me about it, and I was just like, what? I was, I was, uh, I was just shocked, and then I just didn't, I like shut down. I shut down, I just didn't, and I actually just found myself going through like the, the, the stages of grief in my life. Like I was in denial. Mar my wife told me, Marie told me, and I was like, really, okay? And I just kind of acted really weird. I just turned it off. I didn't want to deal with it. And so turned off all the news, all the, so for like a week. I just didn't even want to see the news, anything about it. And it was about a week later, the following Sunday, that I sat down and I'm, I'm actually opening up and looking and trying to re-engage in the news and hear about this and look at all the pictures and, and hear a little more about what happened and everything. And then, you know, a month later, January, uh, February 24th was the memorial service and I'm watching all this happen and all these famous people of notoriety are, are, you know, are there. And it's a big thing. I mean, this is like you know, basketball royalty, if you will, just passed away. It was a big deal. Um, and, and it just really impacted me. It, it really impacted me. And, and uh, uh, you know, finally started to re-engage. I'm still kind of, honestly, in a little bit of, I mean, it, I, 20 years I followed his, his career, just a couple years younger than me. And, uh, and, and so I, I uh, started to re-engage and, and hear a little more about his life. And so that's where this series is being birthed out of, was just the impact that this, this had on me. And um, I want to tell you that um, I, I, I know when I'm going to die. On February 6, 2065 is my death date. That's my death date. February 6, 2065. You may ask, well, how do you know? Well, I, I Googled it. Google knows everything. And so I, I Googled it, and I found this thing called the death clock. And so you can actually look it up, death clock, and it asks you all these questions, you know, how tall you are, how much do you weigh, you know, is your father alive, is your mother alive, you know, do you have any heart disease in your family, you know, do you go skydiving, do, have you ridden a motorcycle backwards, you know, I said, you know, I want to, and so that's, they pushed my days back, so I have like 10,892 days left, 0.49 I think, left to live. And so, you know, that I, I may live lo longer, I may live shorter, but my goal is actually to see my great-great-grandkids before I die. So I told my six- and eight-year-old, you know, get to it, you know, you got to hurry up because I, I, I only got so much time left. I know my wife didn't appreciate what I just said there, but um, um, yeah, 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 right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, so th this, is, uh, this has been a, a pretty good, pretty amazing past month and 11 days as I processed this and just prayed through. And so have you guys found Psalm 39? I want to read the scripture to you guys, Psalm 30. And this is actually what we're going to be looking at for the next four weeks. We're going to be looking at this passage. This is going to drive this series, Psalm 39, 4 and 5. And it says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hands. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. 
I'm going to read it one more time, and I, I'm going to ask, would you guys just read this first sentence aloud, that verse, verse 4, with me? And I just want this to be our prayer together, that first sentence, our prayer together. Would you all say it aloud? Ready? Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me. Your life is incredibly brief. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so in this series, Live Like You're Dying, we're gonna get to know some different people, some different people, some people we're gonna get to know. Doctors have said that they should not, that they only have a very limited time to live. This week, I wanna introduce you to all to someone or reintroduce you to someone you already know, but you, you need to know that she's a good friend, who if you can't tell already, she's like a sister to me and my family. And this young lady is very, very involved in our church. And my wife and I are very close to her. And the doctors have said that she has a limited time to live. She's a mom. She's a daughter. She's a teacher. She's a huge, huge part of DV. And she is our close friend. I'd like to help, I, I would like to ask you to help me welcome her today. Abdiela Sanz, would you come on up? Um, but January 26th for me holds a totally different meaning because that's actually the day that I was diagnosed um, with a very um, rare form of brain cancer um, in 2012. And you can imagine my, my life just kind of shattered like right in front of me and I didn't know what to do. I was 33 and I was trying to figure out how on earth, you know, I'm going to continue living when I have this like death date in front of me. Um, and not just, you know, cancer diagnosis is, is bad regardless of whatever kind of cancer you have. But when you're given a diagnosis with the words following um, your cancer is terminal upon diagnosis, it pretty much means like there's no hope for you. Um, we're going to do what we can, but your life is pretty much limited. And so I started on a journey of, you know, surgery and I had 18 months of radiation and chemotherapy. And then um, the doctors brought me in on November 13th of 2013 and they sat me and I sat in front of them and they were like, you got, you have six months to live. And my life was just, I, mean, I was wrecked. Um, at that moment, I had a five month old little baby boy and I was like, what am I going to do? I've, I've got to live long enough to see him at least graduate kindergarten, you know, at least do like the basic things. Um, and I just felt like, like my world was, was like falling apart and how do you go on living like you're dying? Because reality is that like I was dying. Um, so I started like going through my bucket list and all the things that I wanted to do with my life that I never had the time to do um, because other things like took priority. And then ironic ironically enough, now that like time is really limited, all of a sudden I found the time to do all the things that were really important to me. And I started doing all these bucket list items. And then I found that as my death date you know, kept coming closer, you know, the closer I was getting to like April 2014, and I still wasn't dead, I was like, okay, maybe like I'm not going to die. And so I started bargaining with God, and I started begging God, you know, to just keep me alive a little bit longer, you know, and as much as heaven sounds awesome, you know, with golden gates and, you know, like no, no illness and everything is great, like I don't want to get there yet. And to be honest, I guess I still don't want to get there yet. Like I have too much to do. So I started bargaining with God and I started begging God to just keep me alive um, a little bit longer. 
And, and he has, and he's kept up his bargain, and I've kept up my bargain as best as I, I could. Um, it's come with a lot of, you know, a lot of cost, because, you know, cancer is a lot of treatment. It's a lot of pain. Um, I have two different kinds of cancers, both of which are not, um, there's no cure for them. Um, but I just started living my life, not recklessly, but just living my life all out for God, you know. And so, like, I shouldn't be standing here, like, I shouldn't be here in front of you, um, living and dying at the very same time, you know. Um, and so there's days when I, I look at my life and I'm like, how do I keep on going? Um, I know God loves me. I don't really know how sometimes, but when I start to doubt how much God really loves me, I just look at my life and I'm like, all right, I'm still alive. I should have been, I should have been gone eight years ago, but I'm not. I'm still here. And to get to know Abdiela, you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she knows God. She definitely knows God, and my time with her has impacted me in ways. <laughs> you have to know I practiced this like 20 times. I cried every time. I cried every time. I was like, you're not going to cry. You're not going to cry. Um. In case you don't know, I am a crier. I am, I'm such a baby when it comes to this stuff. So I will finish that thought. She's impacted my life in so many ways. I'm supposed to be bringing you guys hope, and here I am crying. Okay. Um, and, and just for the record, we are praying for her, and we are believing that God is going to give her the strength and the life to be able to see her boys grow up. And her story is very powerful, and you're going to hear more later today. But I was, I was walking in the office, to the office this morning, um, this week, and uh, as I was, I got out of my car here, and I'm, I'm getting ready to go inside the, the, the church, the, the main entrance here, and as I, I got out of my car, I turn around, I get out of my car, I turn around. You know the bushes that are right here? There was this bird that was sitting right on the bushes, this white, super intriguing, super interesting bird that I, I you guys, I've been to the zoo, but this bird, I've never seen this species before, and I'm just like, and this, the bird's like staring at me and I'm staring at this bird and I know some of you guys are like, Abdi, what's going on? What are you talking about this bird for? I, you know, spiritual, you're going to talk about a spiritual moment. I think it was. And you're like, really? Yeah, and the Bible's full of birds and spiritual moments, I have to tell you. But, but anyway, so I'm looking at this bird. I'm like, oh my gosh, this bird, is, he's not he's flying away. I'm looking at him, he's looking at me. It's really interesting. I'm like, nobody's going to believe this. Let me take a picture of this because nobody's going to believe it. So I slowly grab my, you know, put my hand in my pocket. I grab my phone like I am doing right now. And just out of habit, as soon as I grabbed it, I looked down. I didn't have to. I could have just, you know, opened it up without even looking down. But I looked down, and when I look up, I put it on, you know, the phone setting, and I go like this, and the bird is gone. And I'm like, where'd he go? I look up in the sky. I don't even see the bird. I'm like, is he behind the bushes? Where'd he go? And I look over the bushes. He's gone. I'm like, oh man, there was like 10 seconds of like me and this bird moment, you know? And, 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 and I went to take the picture because I didn't think anybody would believe me. And he's gone. He's gone. 
And, and, and so it, it, it made me think about my life, actually. This is the spiritual part. It made me think about my life, and it made me think about all of our lives. And it, it's, uh, it just made me think how brief that moment was gone. It's kind of like, very similar, to like when you're with someone or you're having a moment and, and you're like, man, I, I want to like capture this moment like I wanted to do. And so you want to take the, the camera out and take the moment, but what happens, like what happened to me is when you want to capture the moment, the moment goes by and you miss the moment. You're like, wait, 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 wait. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but as a photographer, or, or I'm not really a photographer, but when you have the camera and you want to capture a moment, like you wrestle with, should I pull out the camera and take it, or should I just enjoy the moment now? And so the title of our talk today is How to Hang in the Moment. I want to talk about how to hang in the moment. So let's look at the book of James chapter 4, and let's read verses 13 through 17. And we'll let the scripture inspire us to live 100% in the moment for the glory of God and of all, all the time, okay? James chapter 4, verse 13 and following says this. Now listen, and I need your help today, all right? You who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business in making money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? The scripture says, you are a what? Would you help me out, DV family? You are a, a mist that appears for a little while, and then what happens, you guys? And then vanishes. Good job. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if this is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All, all such boasting is, is what, you guys? Say it again. Evil. Verse 17, I just want to let God's word speak to you in this moment. Anyone then who knows the what, you guys? Anyone who knows the, the good, and then read those next four words, that he ought to do, and then what? And doesn't do it since. Anyone who knows the good, he ought to do, and doesn't do it since. What is your life? Your life is a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes because life is brief. The Bible says, the width, we just read it, the width of a, from here to here, the width of a hand. Your life, three things I want to talk to us about because I, I think we need to learn how to hang in the moment. And I pray that the Spirit of God will speak to you today. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. We're going to ask God, number one, to turn when into now, to turn when into now. What do I mean by that? I, I don't know if you are anything like me, but for so much of my life, I literally am almost wishing life away. I'm, I'm saying, you know, when such and such happens, when, then uh, 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 life will really matter. One day, when everything is just the way I want it to be, then I can fully engage and do what God is calling me to do. I don't know how it will play out for you, but, but I've talked to so many people that through the years, we, you know, we, we've talked about different when and then scenarios, right? It may be the single person who says, you know, when that one day comes, when I get married, then I'll finally be happy. It may be the person that, that says, one day when we get the right home, 
when we get, to, then we'll have like a, a DV group in our house, right? Then we'll do that. When, one day when I finally get out of debt, then we'll start to tithe. One day when my career is established and we're strong enough financially, then I'll re-engage with my family. One day when, when, when the kids are grown, then we'll start investing in our marriage again. The problem is that then rarely comes. When, when, and then, then. When, and then, then. I don't know what your when and then is, but we're going to ask God to turn the then into now. Now. Why? Because in case you haven't realized it, life is brief. It is flying by. Yesterday, I was at the park with my boys, and I was chasing them. We were playing cops and robbers. I was the cop. They were the robbers. They always like to play it that way. I'm always the one chasing after. So, but I, uh, I, I'm, I'm there running after them, and I was like, man, I used to run so much. I thought I was quicker than this. Like, I, I, I thought I was so much quicker than this. Like, I, I was just 20 years old yesterday, right? I mean, I was 20, right? I was 20. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I, I know what happened. You know what happened? I blinked. I blinked, and all of a sudden, now I'm not 20 anymore, right? And, and so I, I remember thinking about that. What this, and life is brief. We're going to ask God to help us turn our whens into nows. Recently, I, I have been working with one of my mentors and trying to grow personally because I know that if I grow personally, I'm going to help you grow personally. I can't give you what I don't got, so I'm going to keep growing personally so you guys can, and he kept hammering me. He said, you're so goal-oriented, Abdi. You're, you know, you're, you're so driven and you're so focused that you're, li- you're missing life in the moment. And he's so right that maybe you can relate. You're thinking about, you know, the next project or the next goal or, you know, you're thinking about that next thing that you're going to accomplish that you forget to do life right now. His advice to me was so powerful and is so powerful. He simply said this. He said, this one assignment, and this might be God's assignment for you, no matter where you are, he said to me, if you're with your wife, if you're with your, you know, you might be here, you're with your spouse, if you're with your kids, if you're with a friend, if you're with people at work, he said, no matter where you are, make sure that you are all there. He quoted somebody named Jim Elliott, who is uh, uh, somebody that I, I really look up to. He wrote these words, wherever you are, be all there. Be all there. If you have children, you're not off in your mind working and engaging, right? You're not solving some problem at work, but you are all there with everything in you at that moment, fully engaged. If you're with your spouse, you're not off thinking or scrolling through your phone, right? You're all there. Every bit of you fully engaged. If you're talking to somebody at work or you're engaged in a conversation, you are with them. You connect with them. They are important to you. You hear their heart. Can somebody say yes? Wherever you are, be all there. You turn the whens into the nows. You start living because if you don't, life will be gone, gone. Psalm 118 verse 24, it says, uh, you know, I want you guys to help me out. What does it say, you guys? Tell me out, DV family. What is the day? Say it. This is the day. What day? Say it again. This. It is the day. This day. This moment. Tomorrow is no guarantee. You who say today or tomorrow we will go here or there. We just read it. Tomorrow is no guarantee. This is the day that the Lord has made. The scripture says, let us do what, you guys? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. 
In what, you guys? In? In today. What is it? Today. Embrace the moment wherever you are. Be all day. Be all there. This is the day the Lord has made. God turns the when into nows. And that's my prayer for us, is that God would turn when, when, when into now. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says this, do not ever, 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 ever boast about what? Help me out. Don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what a day will bring forth. And so thought number one, DV family says this aloud. Let's say it together. What are we going to do? We're going to ask God to do what? We're going to ask God to turn our when into now. So your second thought, if you're taking notes, is this. We're going to ask God to turn our intentions into actions. Turn our intentions into actions. Because chances are, if you are like most people, most people that I know, you've got some seriously good intentions about life. You know, like most people, you probably haven't gotten around to doing them yet. Let's revisit James chapter 4. James says this in chapter 4, verse 17. Anyone then who knows the what, you guys? Anyone who knows the, the good that he ought to do and doesn't do it, what do they do, you guys? The scripture says that they are in sin. Anyone who knows the good and doesn't do it. When I travel with my family, you know, we are, uh, we're on that jet bridge, that air bridge, the jetway, whatever you call it, that, that, that thing that connects the airport to the airplane, that thing. We're on the jetway, and I always grab my kid, and I ask my wife, would you grab the other boy's hand? I'm going to grab this one's hand. And you know what I'm looking out for? As we get closer to the plane, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but as you might be in the middle of that line or towards the back or maybe in the front if you have little kids, it doesn't matter. For whatever reason, this jetway, this air bridge, whatever you want to call it, that you're in, every time somebody gets on the plane, they step on the plane and they step back on the jetway. And so there's this little space that at first is like touching the plane. But as more people get on, this little space gets, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but it's, we're really high usually. We're like good 20, 25 feet high. And I've noticed that, man, a person can fall through that, let alone my child can fall through that gap. And so I always, I'm, I'm walking through this and I'm thinking, I gotta mind the gap. I gotta mind the gap because if I don't mind the gap, my, my, I can trip, my son, I'm, I'm very mindful of this gap. But us as a church, as a church family, I don't want us to mind the gap. You know what I want us to do? I want us to, to, to bring close the gap. Don't mind the gap, don't mind the gap, close the gap. Close the gap because life is brief. And my prayer is that God would close the gap between our intentions and our actions. And I'll be real honest with you, my, my parents, they were truly great parents. They loved me, I loved them. Truly great parents. Um, and, but I, I always, growing up, I always thought less of them, if I can say that. I, because in my mind, I, I guess no, that's not the right way to say it. I guess I always expected more from them. Growing up, I, always, I thought they were great people, but I always expected more from them. And so whenever they wouldn't, you know, I would be like, oh, I can't believe, you know. And I grew up always thinking, man, I, I wish they were a little bit more. And it wasn't until I moved away. I was 17 years old and I moved away and, and I was away for like three months. 
And during those three, I was actually away for a lot longer, but in the first three months of the time that I was away, I, I started catching myself quoting my mom. I would be talking to kids, young people my age, and I would say, well, you know what my mom used to say? Or you know what my dad used to say? My dad used to say this, and my mom, she used to say this. And I would like catch myself. I'm like, wait, did I just say that? Did that just come out of my mouth? Did I just quote my mom? Did I just quote my dad? And I'm like, wait, I guess they were like, pretty wise and some of that stuff actually stuck it makes sense it like stuck with me and it made man they were a lot wiser than I thought they were and I remember those three first three months that I was away from home I'm like I started thinking about wait like they taught me a lot and in these three months I started thinking about the next like three months six months and I was like you know what I'm not I may not see my family I may not be with them like I'm not gonna live with them again at le- like the way I used to for like another four, five, six, it ended up being 27 years. I've never gone back to live with my mom and dad after 17, but I would visit, you know, but I would never go back. So I started thinking about, man, these next, four, at least the next four or five, I'm never gonna be able to go back and, and, and like live with them again. And I started thinking about, I never really had a chance to adequately express to them like how appreciative I was because I'm catching myself quoting. They were a lot wiser than I thought. Oh my goodness, they, they, like, they, 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 they had all this knowledge. I didn't really understand that. And I remember thinking, man, I'm, I, 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 I can't believe I'm not gonna have a chance to, to go and tell them this. And, I, I, and so I, I can't tell you how many times I've been with people in the hospital whose life is slipping away and I've listened to the regret. I, I should have done this. I wish I would have done this. I, I didn't spend enough time with my kids. I poured my life into stupid stuff. That's what they would, t- I, I thought, you know, it was all about material gain and then I've gone to a hospital before the son or the daughter, you know, could actually come and see their dad die or their mom die and they just ache and ache because they wanted to say something and they never did. It was like these good intentions but no follow through. And I'm so thankful that God gave me a chance with them and I had adequate time with my mom and adequate time with my dad and I got to say, here's what you've meant to me. And I did it just like you saw me with a lot of tears and wrote this card out. It was, you know, just a mess. I was a mess, but I got to tell them. And the most beautiful thing is that, you know, we just connected in, in such great ways that I'll share more some other time. But you have no idea what profound power God might do when you do what he puts on your heart. To be obedient to, to what he calls you to do. Never let the good go undone. Do it now. Can everybody say do it now? Yeah. Bible says today. Everybody say today. Before the sun goes down. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 27. It says do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later or I'll give it to you tomorrow when you have it with you. You know, do it now. Everybody say now. So let's say these things together. Here we're gonna, we're gonna, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna hang in the moment? Number one is, DV family, say it aloud. We're gonna turn our when into now. Number two is we're gonna turn our intentions into our actions. And number three, if you're taking notes, is we're gonna turn our whole heart toward Jesus. We're gonna turn our whole heart toward Jesus. The problem today is that too many people are turning just like a little portion of their life toward Jesus. I was talking to Maria, I don't know where she went, but I was talking to Maria about this. How many of you guys drink coffee? Raise your hand, drink coffee. Drink tea, keep your hand up, drink tea, drink tea. 
Okay, so most of us here drink coffee or tea or both. I drink both. I am not a discriminator. I like them both. And how many of us like cream or sugar or some kind of milk? I like milk with my tea and my coffee, actually. Uh, great, great, great. So, 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 you know, what's interesting is that you, when you ask for the milk, you ask for the, the, the sugar, you ask for not a lot. Not, not a lot, just, just a, a little bit. You know, I come from my Boricua family. We would say, un chini, chin, chin, un chini, un chin, chin, un chin, namas. And, and in New York, we say, a little dab will do you, just a little bit. A little dab will do you, you don't need a lot, just a little bit. And basically, well, we do this as followers of Jesus a lot of times right? And we do that today. I believe in many churches around the world, people who've gotten a little bit of Jesus, just a little bit. You know, I'm going to go do my own thing, God. I got you now. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go pursue the things that I want. Hey, hey, check me out. Everything's cool. And then every now and then we'll just give a little Jesus. I listen to the Christian radio station every now and then, right? Just a little bit. You know, I'll give you a little bit in return. I'll go to church on Sunday, right? And, and so that way I do a little bit. I do a little bit. I, I, I give you a little bit in return, right? And you know, I, I give you that hour or I'll give you a little a dollar. I'll give you a dollar. I'll, I'll give you a little bit in return. Hey, Jesus, uh, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go through life and I've got a little bit of Jesus. I got my, you know, my, my cross tattoo on my arm because that's all, you know, that's just to show you that I'm giving you a little bit, right? Or I got my gold chain with my cross on just to show you I'm, I'm doing it. I, I, you know, I, I got a little bit of Jesus, Every now and then I turn on the Christian radio station. Yeah, I, just a little bit. Just help me, Jesus, when I need it. I, just a little bit, all right? Going through my life. Everything's okay. Just a little bit. I got a little bit of Jesus. Just enough to keep me from, from really actually knowing him. And life is brief. It's, the Bible says a, a hand width. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then poof, you're gone. Vanishes And that's why right now there is nothing better that you could do with this moment than to say, Jesus, I don't want to be away from you. I don't want to do my own thing. I don't want to live with this sin that is destroying me. I I want to know you, your truth, your power, your love, your mercy. Jesus, I want to turn my whole heart to you, not just a little bit, but all of me. There, there's a passage in the book of Mark, chapter 12, that it, it, it's always gripped me. Jesus is, is having a conversation with different people, and, and someone asked him, Jesus, what's the most important commandment of all? We talked a little bit about this when we talked about, won't you be my neighbor? And Jesus said, well, you just gotta love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And then the second is like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and this one guy in Mark 12, he looked on and he said, he said something like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand that. And, and Jesus, who knew all, he, he must have recognized this look that this guy gave him, right? He must have recognized it. And he knew that truth here, that guy, but not here. And that's when Jesus said some words to him that have always rattled me. It's always rattled me. Look at what scripture says. When Jesus saw that, G- that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And I want you to pay very careful attention to the words of Jesus. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You're close, but you're not far. You're, you're not there yet. And honestly, that's one of my greatest fears for many of you, that you're not far from the kingdom of God. So you're in church 
Sure, you, you, you understand some things about Jesus. You're close, but you're not really there. You're not far, but you don't know the glory. You don't know the power. You don't know the truth. You don't know the majesty of who Jesus really is. You don't know it personally. You're close, but you're not there. You're not far from the kingdom of God. You have a little bit of Jesus, but not all of him. That's why you need to turn when into now. That's why you need to turn your intentions into actions. That's why you need to turn your whole heart to Jesus, and you need to do it now. I want you to hear from Abdiela one more time because you're going to get a glimpse of a person who knows better than just about anybody I know the truth that life is a mist. It's here for a little while and then it vanishes. Come on up, Abdiela. All right. So what do you do with your life if you've never been given a, you know, shattering diagnosis? It's simple. You do the same thing that somebody who has been given a death sentence does. Like, you live your life intentionally. You don't sweat the small things that really add no value to your life. If somebody stole your lunch from the office fridge, so what? Like, it's not a big deal. I'm sure you have more food in your fridge. Just pray for them, you know? Make memories and, and embrace the moments with your family that are going to last a lifetime for them should Jesus call you home sooner than later. You know, live with intention. Live with with a purpose, you know, don't be one of those people that you're, you're dying before you're even dead. And don't be one of those people who, you know, you're not even, you're like, you're alive, but you're not even living, you know. Um, what gets me, what helps me is making memories with the kids that are back there. The kids that you guys entrust to me every single Sunday, day in and day out. I love my high school students, but I love them. I love loving on them. I love teaching them. You know, I even give some of them hugs and kisses, even though I know I shouldn't, but I love on them. I hug on them. We, we, they hug me. They kiss me. We make memories. And they'll even say things all the time, like, Ms. Abdiela, like, where's your hair? When's it coming back? Like, they just ask me all these questions, and I, it doesn't bother me because I know that these are things that are going to carry them, that they're going to remember a long, long time from now. But those are the things that help me when I'm in the middle of treatment or when I'm in the middle of like, dear God, like, when is this going to end? Like, when are you going to heal me? So those are the things that you have, to, to de- you have to depend on. You have to invest your life in things that have value, invest your life in things that are going to further the kingdom of God. And as cliche as this sounds, and you hear it all the time, you know, life is too short. And it is too short. But you have to live your life as though today you're going to end up meeting Jesus because you don't know. You could be the healthiest person. Kobe Bryant's a perfect example. We could all be, you know, we're one breath away from eternity. So live like it and live with, you know, the idea that you're going to be seeing Jesus today. Awesome. Would you bow your heads and let's pray in this moment? I I, I sense the presence of God here today. And I, I do feel God is speaking to some of us here. So let's just join our hearts in, in prayer. And so, Father, I just pray that you would remind us how brief our time on earth will be so that we can please you in all that we do. As you're reflecting on what God is saying, I I pray that his spirit would speak directly to you as he is to me right now. Many of you, if you are honest right now, you would recognize that in so many different ways in life right now, you're not really living. You're doing the when-then game. 
when something happens, then I'll do this. And, I, and life is passing you by. Others of you, you've got some really good intentions, some things that you've planned on doing, but you haven't done them yet. And right now, the Spirit of God is convicting you. And so if that is you right now, and you would say, yes, God, I want to turn when into now. And others who say, yes, God, I, wanna, I want your power to turn the good intentions into actions. I want to start living every moment fully wherever I am. I want to be fully there for your glory, God. If that's you today, would you just simply stand with me right now? all over this place, all over. I want to pray for you. So Heavenly Father, remind us how brief our time on earth will be. God, help us to understand that every moment counts. God, forgive us for wishing our lives away and thinking when something happens then. God, help us to turn the then into now. God, to understand that this is your day that you gave us and we will be glad, and we will rejoice in it, and God, by your power today, help us to turn our good intentions into actions. God, help us to close the gap and to do the good that you put in front of us when we have the power to act. God, convict us. Show us who to reach out to, what to do, what to say, where to go, when to do it. God, I pray that we would get to the end of this life and say, no regrets. We did everything you put in front of us and remind us how brief our time on earth will be. And still praying today, I know that there are a lot of you, some of you, one or two of you, if you're really honest, you say, hey, you know, maybe I've had a little bit of Jesus in my life. That's me. I've been to church maybe once in my life. I've been to, you know, uh, once in a while. I know a little bit of the story. I've got a little bit of God in my life every now and then when I need him. I might pray to him, but you would recognize very honestly and sincerely that your heart is very, very far from a relationship with God. I like what Abdiela said. that She said, you will need him one day, and you will. Either in this life or in the one to come, you will need him. And you won't need a little bit of him. You're gonna need all of him. Not just a little shout out here or a little nod, a little wink here, wink here, but fully surrendered life to Jesus. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. That means it no longer is about you or your plans or your dreams, but you come with a blank slate and you say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Now you lead me wherever, whenever. My answer is yes, not just a little bit, but all of you. Be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Forgive Forgive me for the filth in my life. Forgive me for wasting the previous years. Forgive me for my, my selfishness. Forgive me for my sin. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God who died for me so I could live for you. Change me forever. Today, there are, there are those of you, you will step across the spiritual line. You'll never be the same. And you will say, all of me, every single bit of my heart, my mind, your, my will, my emotions, my past, my present, my future. Jesus, save me. Be the Lord of my life. Today is the day of your salvation. Step across the line and say, yes, Jesus, take all of me. That's your prayer today. You know You are here because this is what God wants. This is your moment. Say, yes, 
Jesus, save me. Just lift your hands high with me all over this place. Just lift them up and say, yes, Jesus, save me. Save me responding to what God is doing in your heart. Not just the voices that you hear right now, right here, but what God is doing right now in your heart. That's what you're responding to. That's the greatest decision, the greatest moment of your life is right now, those who God is talking to, you know that this is you. This is your time, and I challenge you to respond right where you're at. What incredible time we get to be a part of together here on, as, as we see this response of people raising their hands. Others, this is your moment to join them. It's time to surrender everything to God. Not just some prayer we pray, but a commitment to God from this moment right now forever. So congratulations to those who are making that decision. This is what we're gonna do together. I'm just gonna lead you through a, a prayer and there's nothing special about the words I say, but, but, but let me lead you through this prayer. Just repeat after me and just make it your own. Make it your passion. Make it your commitment, your surrender to Jesus in this moment right now. And we're gonna celebrate just like we know heaven does the same when we pray. So let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I bring you my life. I ask you to forgive me of all the sin, all the filth, all the mistakes that I've done that have separated me from you. Make me a new person. Clean the slate that I can fulfill your purpose for my life. Starting right now, I surrender my whole life to you. And I choose to follow you from this moment forward. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. DV, would you worship God with me? Would you praise him? Would you welcome those today born into God's family?